Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pitch on the way to Suarez. Hit high in the air, deep left field. This is going to be a long home run. Upper deck. Way up in the upper deck. Cincinnati leads 3-1. to Votto drives one in the air. Deep left center. Back is Hayward. That's trouble, and that ball is gone. Home run for Joey Votto. Reds lead 4-1. to Cubs are down to their last out, ninth inning. 5-2 Cincinnati. Here comes the 1-1. A swing and a looper, shallow right going out as Votto. Votto is there, makes the catch. And the Cincinnati Reds have beaten the Chicago Cubs by a score of 5-2. to two. A little pop fly by Castellanos, caught by Votto. And this series is even at one win apiece. This is in the air, left center field in trouble. Cordell is back at the wall, and the A's have a third home run in this game. It's Chad Pinder making it 4 to nothing. Now the weather has been beautiful. Chopper to Profar, and this chase will end the ball game. The A's get the win, 7-0 in shutout fashion in the series opener. This will be from 55 yards. Made 72% of his kicks. Right hash angled up, snap in placement. The kick is on its way. It has the distance, and it has the direction from 55. Joey Sly has the Panthers up 6-0 on the Bears. Back to throw. Going to screen it right with blockers at the 40. Here's Montgomery, 45 to midfield. Shoulder shrug to the 40 and out of bounds in Carolina territory. Well-run screen executed beautifully. He's a patient runner when the ball's in his hands, no matter on a hand up or on a screen like that. It's 23 yards in the Bears' first down. Bears trailing 6-0, 820 to go. Second quarter, snap at a hand up. Stutter step move, breaks the tackle and gets a yard or two more to the 17 as Tom's chuckle tells you that it was a pretty spin move and a four-yard run for David Montgomery. This will be a 48-yard try. It'll be between the hash marks. Flags are quiet, and this is Eddie Pinero's first shot. Snap is back. Placement made by O'Donnell. Here's the right-footed kick by Eddie Pinero. The kick is up, and it is no good from 48 yards. Eddie Pinero misses from 48. And the Bears maintain a 7-6 lead, 1.51 to go in the first half. It didn't surprise me one bit, not at all. Um, I wish you guys could have been in the interviews at the Combine. I wish you could have been in the interviews in my office. I wish you could be in the huddle in OTAs. I wish you could see how he was last night. I mean, that's, this kid's DNA is rare. And um, I don't want to over – well, he's got a ways to go. I don't want to make this in the next um, – you know, great back in this, yeah, in in in, in this uh, great organization. But he's headed in the right direction, and that's that's. But he's got great people around him, and, and he's just just get a little bit better every day. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page, really. Column by Stephen 
Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name heard before. Yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, do you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. Or the duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning and welcome in. Saturday Suckage, the Wake and Bake Club. Although, I really think... Okay, first of all, let's explain. David Schuster's in for Matt Spiegel, who's in for Mark Grody, who is in for Mike Esposito, who's in for Brian... Well, they're all in for... We're all in for Dave Baum. Anyways, David will join me in believing this. As the Wake and Bake Club, we missed the boat. We could have had a different score show earlier... If we had called ourselves the Sports Self-Medicating Show, brought to you by the Illinois Bong and Joint Institute. But we're not. We're the Wake and Bay Club, Saturday Suckage. Uh, this hour brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cars for kids It's a star-studded guest list today. Why don't you run it down? Well, first I have to do the back announce of the WSCR Cubs lowlights, the WGN Sox lowlights, WBBM Montgomery highlights and kicking lowlights, and uh, Matt Nagy on David Montgomery, the next Walter Payton. Although you were there, did he look at Jared Payton and say, and almost, and then sort of put the words, they were almost, made sure he stashed Walter Payton's name and didn't say it, just talked about great running backs as he was talking about David Montgomery. Is that what happened that night? Well, first of all, I was sitting a couple of seats down from Jared in the press box the other night. Didn't, so. didn't Matt Nagy look at him when they were running? He, didn't, he wanted to say Walter. He was going to use him as the let's not put him up there right there now. And he, so he thought better of him. Yeah. 
uh, wasn't Matt Nagy says, I wish you could have been in the huddle. I wish you could have been. We're not allowed in any of those places. So, right. <laughs> sure. Right. Don't, don't tease us like that. Right. I, I wish you could have had a better kicker. So standing ovations for an extra point. Are we good with that? We like that. <laughs> Is, is that all right? The most predictable thing in the history of mankind was whenever one of these guys would miss a field goal, the booze would, you know, cascaded down from the 400 section all the way down to the field. It was right. the most predictable thing ever. And, and it happened. And yes, and nobody hit a, nobody hit a doink, a double doink. There was, there was none of that, and that will continue to go on. And you know what? Not, unless the kicker costs them... A playoff spot. None of this matters till next January. Uh, we're going all. We're we're advancing ourselves all the way through the regular season to the postseason. Yeah. I see. Right. They're going to win the division. They have to. If not, everybody gets fired. All right. Tell me if you agree with this because annually they always say who are the five most important players on a team. It's always the quarterback. You know, for the Bears after that it would be a Khalil Mack. You know, then you Jimbo can... Covert and Jim McMahon and yeah. okay, whatever. I always put the kicker. At least in the top five. Okay. Okay. And the reason being, invariably, <laughs> we saw the reason well, being. I mean, yeah, you saw it there for sure. Invariably, even before a playoff game, invariably, one, two, maybe even three games in a season will come down to a kick. Well, you saw Whether, that in Miami. Right. If he makes that kick in Miami, they don't have the game against the Eagles. There you go. They get a bye. There you go. But they didn't. And they still kept the same kicker. He blew and that one, and then he blew the other one. That's right. So you better get it right. And at this point, they're not even sure themselves if they have it right. No, it was, um, it was quite funny. The, um, the kicking competition between Eddie Pinheiro and the Fry Guy. And I, I, if you were watching this and you're keeping and you're reading everything that they're talking about, then you realize that the um, the real action is in Baltimore. Oh, well, the one of the two guys that they're oh, well, the, not one of the two guys, but the guy they are going to trade because they have a second kicker on their roster who's playing behind an All Pro guy. In, in, Kerry Vedvik. Is that how you say his name? Yes. I wasn't even going to attempt it. So this is tweeted out, tweeted out by uh, former score legend Adam Hogue. Or as Doug Buffon would call him, Adam Hogg. We always were. We I I advocated because we were. It was the anniversary of Doug's passing, and I thought we should do the best of. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It was when the. It was a Saturday, that the Tribune ran Doug. That just happened to dumb luck fall on that day. He died on four twenty, which you, which you needed. We needed that, and we needed him, so we ran. We talked about the best of Doug Buffon stuff, and we should run that every Saturday. I think every Saturday is better with the best of Doug Buffon cuts and bites. Anyways, because he called Adam Hogg, Adam Hogg. And this is, this is what happened on um, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Surely, yeah, there, there was a kick missed already by a Bears kicker, and Kari Vedvik's Wikipedia page read like this. Kari Vedvik, born March 16, 1994, is a Norwegian professional American football kicker for the Baltimore Ravens of the National Football League, soon to be traded for the Chicago Bears of the same league. He is the future savior of Chicago, and from the ashes of Cody Parkey, he will rise to lead the city to glory and replace Walter Payton as the greatest player in team history. He played college football at Marshall. 
<laughs> that's the Wikipedia mention. So that's that's what's going on. We we will talk more bears with Mark Grody. Um, he will be on this show. This used to be his show, but he will be on the show at noon talking bears. And there was much going on at practice today. Some people showed up. Some people had to leave. Mitch Trubisky was. It sounded like Mitch Trubisky was doing his best Jay Cutler impression. Not with the scowl and the ugly fin, the smoking Jay face, but throwing the ball to everybody. That's the way it looked from the tweeter machine. Did you see Matt Nagy, or did you hear Matt Nagy say after the game the other day that uh-huh. if he doesn't throw another pass or well, a regular he doesn't throw season. a pass, period, yeah. he's okay with that. If that in itself does not tell you how meaningless Exhibition football is nothing does. For those of you people stuck paying for exhibition games in your season tickets, yeah. It is. It's a waste of time. The NFL wants to get to 18. They want to cut it down to two games. They're, they're going to get there at some point. Well, the problem is. They're going to have to the, give up something. This is the first time NFL Players Association has really had power. And they had power before, but they didn't have the backbone. They're the worst union. They're absolutely the worst unit. The players, for as tough as they are, don't have guaranteed contracts. They, they're not willing to stick it out for guaranteed contracts. They're not willing to stick it out to get everything they need. There's no game without them. Zero. The owners have had it their way all along. The NFL players need the backbone and the leadership to say, we're getting guaranteed, guaranteed contracts. We're getting everything we want. And you don't have a game without us. But NFL players either have, through bad money management, or maybe they don't have the emotional strength, the mental strength, to stick it out the way baseball regularly stuck it out. Baseball players made good on their threat, and the owners always buckled to the point where owners now are trying to get ahead of it and extend the contract. NFL wants 18 games. They see more regular season games, and then they'll want an additional layer of playoffs. All that money, because NFL owners, you can never have too much money. That's the way they think. And NFL players, they know NFL players don't have the backbone to sit out a season. They haven't provided themselves with enough financial cushion to do it that's what it takes if you can live without the paycheck you're giving yourself and your union a greater chance to be stronger and to get more money on the back end um, you covered the were you you were around for the spare bears the real bears oh, as did get called them. mike hoency right sean payton was one of the spare bears it's true um eric kramer was a spare falcon he played right. he played for the falcons um the the NFL players went out for three weeks, and then they caved. And where, where are they? They still don't have guarantee contracts. They're still, they don't have, they can't even get marijuana out of the testing program while NFL teams give them Toradol and every other addictive medicine that kills your liver and your kidneys. And that, why wouldn't any NFL player want to hold out for that kind of post-playing protection 
among other things. All right, so let me ask you, you're the Players Association. Uh, Steve Rosenblum, president of the NFL Players Association. Right. The NFL owners won 18 games. They're going to get it eventually. But, sure. But you have negotiating power on the other side. You are now their president. What do you want in return? And it's going to be a lot. Right. I want, I want all contracts guaranteed. I want that, whatever. I, I want contracts guaranteed. I want... Uh, change in the I, I want marijuana taken out of the testing I want the post playing medical coverage to be better and I want lock rosters expanded much much expanded probably right. what 60 oh no no I would say 75 75 you're playing 18 games you already realize in, and and it's in every team's best interest the owners if you ask a coach or a GM and the Bears are right at, the, at the, the nexus of this. You saw David Montgomery. He was talked about as special by Matt Nagy, right? The vision, the importance he has. That was the, the Bears' first pick. Not a first-round pick, but he was their first choice. They traded up to get him. He's playing special teams. There's a great chance he's going to get hurt. This is idiocy. But the owners don't think like players and coaches. If I'm a player or a coach, I'm telling my owner, I need 75 players. I want my suicide squad to be a suicide squad. I don't want first or second stringers playing. I'll find other guys who are not quite the linebackers I have, not quite the running backs, not quite, not quite the cornerbacks. If I'm the NFL Players Association, I want a 75-man roster and everybody's active on game day. Okay, and th- thank you for saying that last part because – the other night when we were discussing this very topic, we were talking about an inactive list. Help me to understand, and I'm sure we're going to get 100 texts on this it's one. It's all about follow the money, David. Okay, but no, no, my question is, why is there an inactive list? Money. It's just, so, I, I don't know. What, guys who are inactive don't get paid? No, that's, that's not, not true. true. That's not true. So why, why do they not dress them all? What's the difference? I, there's, the way there's, I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know what it is. We couldn't think. I just couldn't think of it the other night. You know, you're right. I don't. I don't have a good answer. Can we call Hub? Will Hub give us an answer? <laughs> Hub knows everything. Hub's Hub's our oracle. Hub, Hub was great. That's a really good <laughs> question. Why wouldn't you have all those people active? I, I don't know. Uh, again, we'll read our own text line. Someone will have it here very shortly. Hub was great tweeting. I don't know if you read, saw his tweets from the game the other night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> The one about the food at halftime, yes. I'm still laughing at. Yes. Um, so you read the text, and I will no, tell you. No, you read the text. I will I, tell I you about you're, our. You're better at reading our the text. Star, 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 I don't have time. I'm doing all the talking. Grody will be here at noon. Uh, our my friend Melissa. I ran into Melissa Isaacson. She's great. She's wonderful. Um, she. I ran into her. I was having breakfast with Alta Cockers uh, at a place I won't name because then everybody will go there Sunday morning. And she walks in, and I'd not seen her forever. She has written a book called State. It's very personal, and it's terrific, and I was crying on the first page. Wow. And it wasn't even the first page of the book. It was the foreword. Yeah, it was a prologue of where we are in this whole thing, and I'll have her explain that to you because I'll never get through it without choking up again. She wrote a book called State. It's the anniversary in 1979, Niles West Women. Niles West girls won the high school basketball championship in Illinois. She was on that team. 
and she has stories. She has written this story. She's, I mean, the, the people, people involved in this, this, this is her ability to tell a story, which she was a part of, her ability to interview people, got great stuff out of it, and her ability to go back to being very girlish. Because at one part of it, she asks a, the player, the woman now, who took her position and the starting lineup when Missy was a senior, and this girl, now a woman, was a, saw, I was a freshman. Mm. And her question was, was I mean to you? Oh, okay. And, and it's really, it's so enlightening, this story that bled out of that, what Missy didn't know for 40, 50 years, how this happened. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I am really excited. I, the book is terrific, and it couldn't be more local and more personal to her. So she'll be here at 1241 o'clock. Paul Sullivan, for live from Cincinnati, if anybody in Cincinnati is alive right now, uh, talking Cubs, and... We um, and we're gonna take uh, attendance here um, before we take a break. Oh, I guess we have to tell people we welcome their phone calls. Do we really welcome their phone calls? Do you want phone calls, David? Sure. All right. Otherwise, you have to talk. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Send David your text messages six seven zero one one. Yeah, send them and, and he'll read them. And um, then you'll have to talk. You talk to the people on the phone. I will. Um, we're taking attendance here. So there's the Brandy. She's she's. Uh, we're taking attendance of my my Trader Joe's. Brandy. Um, she's our flower child, but she used to be the commandant of the candy section. And let me tell you, that's, that is, she ran a really tough camp. One day, the milk chocolate covered pretzels were slumping in their bags. They stand at full attention now. You do not want to, the wrath of Brandy the Candy Girl, former candy commandant. So that's that. Nobody wants to call. When we come back, we can discuss you, Darvish. A bit of a potty mouth after last night's game. He's David Schuster. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are Saturday Suckage. You've deduced that already. Wake and Bake Show welcomes you. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Just feel sucks. You know, I, you know, I feel pretty good today. My fastball against Friday was great. Cutter pretty good. Slider pretty good. Split was great. So just they hit the well for field, field goals. Yeah. Darvish kind of running down sort of his own postgame scouting report. There was one quote out there. Uh, former score star Jesse Rogers tweeted, "You Darvish said, no walks, nine strikeouts, only four hits, and three <clears throat> bleeping homers. That sucks. Yeah. Well, sucks, though. It makes him a charter member of this show. Yes, yes. That does suck. 
and they were the Reds were sitting on the slider. He became predictable. I don't even know that he was tipping his pitches. More the Reds would have hit him harder if he was tipping them, but they just decided based on what they'd seen. And Darvish has been terrific. Fifty three walks and two fifty three strikeouts, two walks in his last seven games. He had been really had really under control. He had been able to use a variety of pitches, but they knew the Reds believed he was he had fallen in love with his slider and they were sitting on it. And that's why I think it was Senzel he struck out with a fastball right down Main Street because he didn't expect it at that time. So anyways, that was that was you Darvish, sounding like a Cub fan, really, sounding like anybody. <laughs> and if you wanna yell at somebody, start yelling at the five, six, seven hitters of the Cubs. They went over twelve last night, left nineteen guys on base. The team went one for ten with runners in scoring position. Schwarber left four guys in scoring position. Five, six, seven hitters, Baez, Hap, and Schwarber, with no hits, determined the big innings. What could have been game turning innings. So you got first and third and no outs in the fourth. They get nothing. Five, six, seven. You got the bases loaded, and Disco Tony Rizzo gets hit in the eighth, and it's 5-2. So now you have Baez, Hap, and Schwarber coming up, each representing the go-ahead run. Bupkis. Yeah, you get, you get squat. So there's your, there's your problem. Whatever Darvish gave up, whatever C-Sheck gave up, he's been awful. He's got to stop sucking. He's, he, it's like he listens to this show. <laughs> and he's on the monitors right behind you. Is a he? Frozen picture. There, it go take a look. Yeah, he's got that look on his face. <laughs> oh, I still suck. That's what his face looks like. That's got to stop. Uh, the bottom of the hour brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Your Western Conference champion Wolves will open the season Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit ChicagoWolves.com. You know what else has to stop, David? Maybe you can explain this well, to us. Well, I know where you're going to go with this. Tim I'm... Anderson batting seventh. That's got to stop. That dumb is all get out. Why? Uh, I'm going to give you the answer to the question that I actually asked of Rick Renteria yesterday. I mean, I was thinking along the lo- same lines as you, like, Here's a guy who had four hits and reached base five times in the previous game. Yesterday, he had two of their four hits, and, and is obviously hitting the ball really well right now. But why is he batting seventh? Yes. And, and the answer basically was by Rick Renteria because that's where he wants to bat, and he feels comfortable. That's the lunatics running the asylum, though. I just don't understand that. I mean, Tim Anderson has— God, you, have to, you have to trade him, don't you? You do. <laughs> Why, if you have a guy who is one of your best players, he's supposed to be one of your core players in this rebuild, and he only feels comfortable batting seventh, you've got to trade him. What, why is he here? Why would you want him? That's, are you going to find six hitters better suited higher in the lineup than Tim Anderson? Makes no sense to me. If you can, that's great. If Tim Anderson is, your, let's say, your seventh best hitter, and I know that's not a, a true a true barometer of whether you're good or not, but he, where you are in the order. He's your best hitter. He's your best hitter. And he can't hit above seventh without – he doesn't feel comfortable hitting above seventh? You know, Did you ask Anderson about that? No, because we, I didn't get a chance to see him after the game yesterday. But, we, you know, uh, we'll go there later today and ask the same question. You know, this is since he came off the injured list. He has batted different spots throughout the year. He's batted, I believe, at least second. 
and that's usually where he is batted. I think he's hit third, maybe even fifth. I don't, I don't think he's let off any games. I could be wrong about that. You know, nowadays in baseball, more than ever, and it's always been the case anyway, you have your best hitters one, two, three. I mean, sometimes you have your best hitter hitting one. It always was number three when we were all growing up. Your best hitter was number three. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, just because you want to get your often guys two. on base. It's often two. Nowadays. Now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're having your power hitters. I mean, Chris Bryant has you know, been batting basically second now for the last three years. Every now and then they move him down to third. Uh, although now he He's is hitting third, third because recently. Castellanos, who has been fantastic, that's a whole different subject. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't make much sense to me or to most people. And if it continues for a long period of time, then I really got to question why he's hitting seventh. But something tells me that he's definitely going to be moved up in the order, and maybe even as soon as tonight. But the manager said he did say the it. He player said he, feels comfortable. That's what he said. I yeah. can't. If he's it was it, 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 how, it how important? Guard. How important can can you can he really be to this rebuild? Then you need six six hitters who are better. Then I, I, I don't six have a, six hitters better suited for those top six spots in the line. I don't want a guy who I think is pretty important in the rebuild batting that low. I want a guy who I think could be a terrific hitter on a consistent basis, getting more at bats. And that means higher in the lineup. If he's not comfortable, higher, that, that, how, how can he be here? That's what was said yesterday after the game. Today could be, listen, I've been around sports too long. I would want Tim the, Anderson's thought, thoughts on this. We'll get it. We'll get it. But again. No, now. Can you call him now? Sure. Hang on. Okay. I got, he's one of my faves in my cell phone. Call him right up. I just. I, I, I don't think he's going to be hitting seventh very, especially now that he's hitting the way he has. Listen, he's had a really, really, really good season. He started out like a house on fire, tailed off ever so slightly, had his uh, share of injuries, was out the better part of a month one time, came back, and is, looks like midseason form yet again. There's no way they're going to bat him seventh. I, I'd be dazed and amazed, of which is part of the show also, that if he continues the dazed to... dazed part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the maze part. The maze part is... <laughs> I guess it's amazing that we could stand up after, I, I, after I, the Wake I, and I'm, Bake I'm, show is finished. I'm confident he'll move up in the order. But he doesn't, if he doesn't feel comfortable uh, there... That was what was But said. he was hitting that's well was higher yesterday. in the order, right? Yeah, of course yeah, he but, was. Well, why, why do you say that's what was said yesterday? Because the White Sox I, have... Does Ricky Renteria I'm just saying lie? that... About, no, I'm just saying that... Does about, he change his stories? I, no. Well, maybe. I mean, all people do in sports. That's what I'm basically alluding to. Why well, I, I hear something on Thursday, it could be different on Friday. Come on, you've been around the game long enough, and I don't mean just the... I mean sports in general. Do you believe well, everything can, you hear? Then I, then I call BS on that. Okay. If, if that's there you what go. He's, but, but it, there's a manager telling you it's the player. He's outing his own player, a player who's key to the core. Now, why is he doing that? If he says the player feels comfortable there, why would a manager do that to a player? Because people are going to crowd around the player and say, do you only feel comfortable hitting seventh? Would you hit, feel comfortable hitting higher, higher in the lineup? Your manager just said, your, your manager does that to, it's embarrassing. You, the manager embarrassed the player. By doing it, by saying it that way, I don't he know if he embarrassed the Oh, of course player. he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he made him. He he made him. He made him less of a major leaguer than and a less of a, a less important to a rebuild if you're only going high as high as seventh in the order. Listen, 
it's potential that the logic even from Tim Anderson's thing is that I can drive in more runs further down in the order. I don't know. You're right about one thing. Well, more than one thing, but one thing specifically. We have to go ask Tim Anderson, why do you feel, according to your manager, that you feel more comfortable hitting in the seven hole? And we will. I've seen, it's been my experience, when a manager specifically cites a player's thoughts, needs in that way. He's throwing it out there for one of two reasons. He's putting the onus on the player and or putting the onus on the general manager in that this guy can't play for me. This guy is no. missing something. Sure. No. Yes. What, you're, you're now saying that you think that Rick Renteria said what he said after yesterday's game Why would because he, say- he, he doesn't think that Tim Anderson can play for him? That's the nonsense. Tim, the Tim Anderson can't play for a – if they're going to be what they're going to be, then Tim Anderson – You're going way too far with this. Why would a manager do that to a player? Especially – Because the player probably said, I'm coming off the injured list, so for right now, instead of putting me high up in the order – The manager but, didn't say that. But, but Okay, so he didn't say that, but you're, at, you're well, asking – So you're what, guessing. I, I'm guessing as much as you're guessing. But I'm, I'm a better conspiracist. That's for damn sure. I am. I don't. I don't understand why a manager would say that. I don't think it's that big a deal. And like I said, I would venture to say that he's not hitting seventh. Even if he hits it tonight, today, if he continues hitting, any manager who's got half a brain, and I'm Rick Renteria has got more than half a brain, is going to move him up in the order. Just that simple. He just came off the injured list. A lot of times when players come off the injured list, they don't slot them where they were previous. They take some pressure off them. Now that he's hitting again, they'll move him up in the order. I don't know that that's true, and it's certainly not true on this White Sox team. How do you know? You're guessing now. I'll tell you. You conspiracist. I know for sure. Here's something I found very interesting (laughs) based based on the results of yesterday's games. Okay. Let's go back. Let's go into the Wayback Machine. Thank you, Mr. Sherman. Peabody. Sherman. <laughs> Let's go back to June 2nd. A venerable, way, way back. Yes. It was a Sunday. Lucas Giolito, along with Aaron Bummer and Mr. Column A, not Mr. Column B, one from Column A, one from Column B. So they had combined on a six-hit shutout of the Cleveland Indians on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito being all-star form. And that victory by the White Sox over the Indians vaulted them into a tie again, second place, in the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Both teams were 11 and a half games behind the Twins. Yeah, one team made up those 11 and a half games, and the other team went further down. Last night, the Cleveland Indians tied the Minnesota Twins for first place. This is after trading Trevor Bauer, their best pitcher. Okay? The Cleveland Indians went for it. The White Sox, they're happy to rebuild, and they are now 18 games out. While the Cleveland Indians, since they were tied with the White Sox, 11 and a half games behind the Twins, caught them. And they're tied for first. Do you make anything out of that? I will give you this. I give you the Indians got back some injured players. And what the White Sox proceeded to do was lose players to injury. Yeah, the Indians are a much better team than the White Sox. That's what I get out of that. Well, they were both tied on June 2nd. Okay, so what? 11 and a half games behind and one team. The New York Mets were were dead, dead on June 2nd. And now all of a sudden they're half a game out of the wild card. They were worse than the White Sox, the New York Mets. And now 
they're not. Okay, so, so I don't, your, I, your point is your point. Your question is why didn't the I, White Sox go for it on that, June second? Does well, certainly there was Dallas Keuchel was out there and available. He's a guy. Now he has not performed as well as I thought he no, would been for horrible. Atlanta, but he was a guy with an AL track record, and and I certainly thought he was that kind of guy you bring in if you're the White Sox and you want to keep going for it. It would not have hurt the rebuild. You know, pitchers are going to get hurt. That's all you've dealt with all year are hurt pitchers. How do you not sign Dallas Keuchel? Probably because Jerry Reinsdorf has trouble spending that kind of money on pitchers, right? Chairman Reisdorf has a history of that. Um, that is true, yes. And, he, and might maybe, even be true going forward. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in the offseason if they decide to spend any money in that, uh, in that direction, which yeah. is what I think they should do. Well, uh, Dallas Keiko was out there that first week of June. Now it was, right was going to be after the draft. That, that would have been a nice addition. Now maybe the White Sox don't do anything with Dallas Keiko. I mean, the, the Braves have had their try. I mean, he is not, his ERA is like 4.83, and, and that, but he had a track record pitching for American League teams. I would, have, I would have welcomed that guy. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, um, I don't know. We're just going to continue to suck. Top of the hour, Mark Grody will be here. Tell, tells us whether Mitch Trubisky sucked or was great and who else was great at practice. And I think it was the crowd. I think the crowd was great. I think they'll, they're, the Bourbonnet parking lot is just going to be a thing. This will be the, the summer of that. And so we'll see what uh, Matt Nagy has to say about guys who hobbled off, guys who hobbled back onto the field. And in the meantime, you know, a texter brought up something about Field of Dreams. He had asked a question, who were the White Sox playing in the game in Field of Dreams that was on the, t- on the TV. Mm. And Fisk went out to the mound to talk to a pitcher wearing number 27. And it sounded like this texture had assigned me homework. I don't know the answer. I don't know what game that is. Well, Barry Rosner is the one who deduces who plays who. He figured out which game it was in Ferris Bueller that Ferris Bueller went to. So I'll just defer to Mr. Rosner. But the, the White Sox are playing in that Field of Dreams game in Dyersville against the Yankees. So you have the franchise that threw a World Series against a franchise that has won the most World Series. I think that's a perfect marketing campaign. And I love that movie. I'm sure that's exactly how they're going to market that game. I'll look forward to this. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, but the star, the star of the movie, the star player of the movie, I think it's Moonlight Graham, but the star player of the movie is the guy from that White Sox team that threw the game. Shoeless they threw the World Joe. Series. Yeah. Shoeless Joe's a star. Who? So it's a, they threw the World Series against a team that has won the most World Series. Who's going to throw out the first pitch in that game? Think about it. Who's going to throw it out? I say it's going to be Kevin Costner. I say Moonlight Graham. Burt Lancaster's no, they long gone. They'll, they'll never get Kevin Costner. I think they will get Ray Liotta in his new face. <laughs> I think they'll get Shoeless Joe to throw it out. I think that'll be the out guy. Out of the cornfield. Yeah. Timothy Busfield's probably available as the evil brother who sees Moonlight Graham step across the line. That'd be good. James Earl Jones would be good. What do you want? I want to be left alone. I don't want to have to answer that. No, what do you want? Oh, beer and a dog. Okay, take a break. Rosenblum and Schuster, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Our text line is 67011. David will be farming them, fielding them, reading them. Farming them over to you. Editing them. Welcome back to Saturday Suckage on the score. Top of the hour, Mark Grody. And he's he's doing the Twitter tease with Matt Nagy's response, thoughts, other stuff on David Montgomery and Trey Burton updates. Uh, We'll have receiver updates and did Mitch suck or not or both. And we'll get that from Grody. We'll get his football information. So the... You know, the Reds are playing shorthanded because the brawl they had with Pittsburgh. So yesterday, one of yesterday's pitching heroes for the Reds, Amir Garrett, is going to be serving. I think he starts the suspension today, today or tomorrow. And they're going to lose. They're changing whichever way they're going about it. But Derek Dietrich of the Reds was quoted in saying, when they had that big brawl, it's the best fight I've probably been in as a member of a team. I mean, I've seen trades happen, and this is when Puig was traded, and then to the Indians, and then in the middle of this. I mean, I've seen trades happen. As far as it happened, as the fight was going on, and I'm thinking, like, dude, what are the Indians thinking right now? What's going on? This is probably crazy that this is happening. He's getting traded. And then... Puig proving again how crazy he is. Did you see what he did yesterday? No. In the game against the Twins? Mm-mm. Twice in running the bases, he waved to the Twins as he was going around second well, base. He wants to get hit again. He waved to the center fielder as they threw a ball. They tried to pick him off at first. Ball goes down the right field line. So he takes off for third. As he passes second, he just waves. <laughs> He's waving at them. And he calls himself Wild Horse. And then he, he slid into third and then blew a kiss. At the Twins. The very animated player. Yes, he is. And this isn't even bat-licking. Um, anyways, the, uh, that's it's your crazy <clears throat> bench-empting update. But now there's a new bench-empting. The Dodgers and D-backs had a bench-empting last night after the game. The game ended in the – there was a play earlier where uh, A.J. Pollock thought he got hit with a pitch. Archie Bradley – was ruled to have thrown an inside pitch and hit the knob of Pollock's bat. Pollock's grabbing his wrist. Mm. They go to replay, and the Dodgers don't get the call they like, and they're still yapping about it, and Pollock is standing on the field, and Archie Bradley is yelling at Pollock, and he plays over. You're out. Go to the dugout. The game finally ends. The D-backs win, and they're still yapping at each other as Archie Bradley is staring at this and yapping at the Dodgers. So now they come on the field. So the game's over. This is one of – it's either a post-game like hockey brawl or pre-game hockey brawl, and you're just – there's no way they're going to stop this. But it kind of gets brought under control. But both benches empty after the game, after the 10-inning win by the, by the Diamondbacks pitching, and it was at Dodger Stadium. 
Could there have been a fight if there was no one left in the stands to watch it? Since they all left in the sixth inning anyway. Seventh. Seventh. It's usually the seventh I, inning. I've been out there. The, I've seen them the, leave earlier. The do your dogs, yes. Yeah. Yes, you have. Unless Koufax is throwing a no-hitter or a perfect game. No, they probably leave them too. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Vinny time-stamped it. Although there were, I, I have to go back and look up the attendance for Sandy's game, against the, the perfect game against the Cubs. I, I'll look up that box score. In the meantime... Hey, for, let me just really quickly. Did you ever read Jane Levy's book, talking about yes. books? One of the best sports books of all time. And, of course, not only does she talk about Kofax, but each nine chapters is one of those innings of that perfect game. Mm-hmm. I still it's, think she stole that from the Kevin Costner movie for the love of the game. I love the love of the game. It's, it's nine innings. It's him going through nine stages of his life. I think she stole that. But she does excellent work. And I read, I read the Mickey Mantle book, too. Well, I read 80% of it because the last 20% was beginning to repeat itself. He would get drunk. He would fall down in front of his restaurant. Somebody would pick him off the sidewalk, Round clean him up. Deja vu. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know how it ends. But the Koufax thing was really cool, and he seemed to love basketball more than baseball. Anyways, um, we, we will talk to Mark Rohde, and we'll see if he indeed – has expensed new sunglasses. His sunglasses made quite a, were quite a hit on game night. Rosenblum and Schuster, Saturday Suckage, of course. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.